You're listening to Legion, the podcast about the devil and all his works. From obsessions to possessions, from hexes to hauntings, if it's demonic, I'm on it. I'm Susan Vigilante. Welcome to the podcast. One of the things that every American holds dear is his right to his day in court. If somebody swindles you, if somebody tries to oppress you, if somebody messes with you, you have the right to drag that guy into court and duke it out in front of a judge and jury. But did you ever hear the story of how the devil had his day in court? There are actually a couple of versions of this story, but probably the most famous is a story called The Devil and Daniel Webster. It was published in 1936, and it was written by Stephen Vincent Benet. It's, it's a terrific story. Uh, you, you really shouldn't deprive yourself of the pleasure of reading it. But this is how it goes. It takes place in New England before the Civil War. Jabez Stone, a New Hampshire farmer, is plagued with bad luck. His crops fail, his plow breaks, his livestock gets sick and they die, his hens don't lay, Finally, one day, he has reached his breaking point. He's had enough. And he declares that he would sell his soul if only it would bring him some decent luck. Well, the devil hears what he says. And he shows up with a contract. You get seven years of good luck, I get your soul in the end. Jabez signs it. He actually pricks his finger and signs it in blood. And for the next seven years, things go great for Jabez. His farm prospers. He becomes an important man in the county. People are even talking about sending him to the House of Representatives. It's fantastic. But then the seven years end. And the devil, who calls himself Scratch in this story, returns to claim Jabez's soul. Jabez is terrified. He pleads with Scratch to please give him a little more time. And Scratch agrees. He says, okay, you can have three more years. And as that deadline gets closer and closer, Jabez starts to panic. He's desperate for a way out of the deal. And finally, he realizes there's only one man who can save him. And that man is Daniel Webster. Daniel Webster was a very important guy in the middle of the 19th century. He was, he was a giant, really. He was a lawyer. He was a famous orator. He had been Secretary of State. He representative New Hampshire, and I think Massachusetts, too, in Congress. Everyone in the country knew who this man was. Everyone in the country was awed by him. Jabez gets on his horse, and he tears down to Webster's farm. Webster has a farm in New Hampshire. He's a proud New Hampshireman himself, and he is known for never turning down a fellow New Hampshireman. And Jabez says, look, I'm in this terrible mess. I need your help, or I'm going to hell. Webster agrees to take the case. Just before midnight, on that last day of Jabez's freedom on earth, Scratch shows up, and Webster tells him, my client is an American citizen, and you cannot claim him as you are a foreign national. Scratch goes on to say, oh, am I foreign? 
I've, I've been in this country longer than you, Mr. Webster. And Webster is forced to agree. And then Webster demands a trial. Scratch is not happy about this, but he agrees on the condition that he chooses the jury and the judge. Webster says, fine, deal, let's do it. So the devil summons up a jury. The jury, of course, is made of 12 damned souls, all of whom in one way or another were traitors to the United States. In fact, uh, Webster says, well, this is all very interesting, but what happened? Where's Benedict Arnold? Shouldn't he be here? And the devil says, oh, he's busy on another trial. The devil has summoned Judge John Hawthorne from hell to preside at this trial. Judge John Hawthorne was the hanging judge of the Salem witchcraft trials. He not only condemned people, innocent people to death, he forced them to give him the names of other people they thought might be witches too. He was such a bad guy that his great-grandson, Nathaniel Hawthorne, changed the spelling of his last name to distance himself from this ancestor. The first guy spelled it H-A-T-H-O-R-N-E. Hawthorne inserted the W, H-A-W-T-H-O-R-N-E, because he did not want anyone to associate him with this judge. He also thought it would hurt the sales of his books. Incidentally, eventually every single judge of the Salem witchcraft trials repented and admitted that he was wrong. He had done a terrible thing. He should never have done it. Who didn't repent? Judge Hawthorne. To the end of his life, he insisted he'd done a great thing for society. Webster makes his case. And the jury finds for Jabez Stone. So the devil has his day in court. He loses, but he had his day in court. And uh, it's a happy ending. Everybody gets their rights, and the bad guy loses. Well, the devil is having his day in court again, right now in the United States. And this time, he might not lose. The Satanic Temple has its headquarters in Salem, Massachusetts. Yep, cute, I know. I was in Salem a couple of weeks ago. Very interesting experience. You all remember the Satanic Temple, right? They're the guys who insisted on including a statue of a demon in the Illinois State Capitol's holiday display a few years back. Uh, it, no, <laughs> get this, a baby demon lying in a manger. Honestly, you cannot beat these people for cute. Well, in 2019, the IRS granted the Satanic Temple tax-exempt status. Now, effectively, this made the Satanic Temple a recognized religion in the United States. It gave them access to public spaces for speeches and things like that. It gave them most of the privileges of any other religion. Now, one of the things that the Satanic Temple holds dear, in fact, I think it's their reason for existing, is abortion. These guys love abortion like nothing you've ever seen. So when a year ago, the Supreme Court in the Dobbs ruling overturned Roe v. Wade, well, quite literally, all hell broke loose. 
The Satanic Temple religiously objects to many of the restrictions that states have enacted that interfere with abortion access. That's from their website. They claim that to restrict access to abortion violates their First Amendment rights. To the Satanic Temple, they have actually made a ritual. They have turned abortion into a sacrament or a, I don't know, sick parody of a sacrament. Uh, there's a ritual that they recite, uh, women who belong to the Satanic Temple. It involves looking at yourself in the mirror, you know, affirming yourself, having the abortion, looking at yourself in the mirror again, affirming yourself, and then reciting the words, by my body, by my blood, by my will, it is done. That's their abortion ritual. So if you restrict access to abortion clinics, well, you're cutting off their religious rights. So the satanic temple did what every red-blooded American does when he's ticked off at somebody. They filed lawsuits. They challenged the abortion bans in Texas, Idaho, and Indiana. They say it's a violation of their rights because one of their tenets is bodily autonomy. Now, a Texas district court ruled against them last fall, saying they hadn't proved the need for a temporary restraining order blocking enforcement of the ban. That's what they were going for. The Satanic Temple didn't leave it there. They took it to federal court. And sometime in the next few weeks, it's going to be argued before the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals. Federal court, guys, that's something serious. So once again, the devil is getting his day in court. And like I said, this time the devil might actually win. Keep an eye on the Fifth Circuit, people. This is literally life and death. Uh, the short story, The Devil and Daniel Webster, is, is so good and so interesting that I'm actually going to record it as the next episode of this podcast. So I, I hope you listen to it. It's a terrific thing, and it's not very long. My sources for this podcast include Politico, Rolling Stone, ever-loving Wikipedia, and uh, taking the tour of Salem a couple weeks ago when I was there. Oh, um, I made a little mistake a few minutes ago. I said that Nathaniel Hawthorne was the great-grandson of the Judge Hawthorne. He wasn't. He was the great-great-grandson of Judge Hawthorne. Thanks for listening to this episode of Legion, the podcast about the devil and all his works. I hope you'll join me again next time. I'm Susan Vigilante, and remember, the devil's first trick is to convince you he doesn't exist. <laughs> <laughs>